Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer and this is my brother Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are so excited for today's guests that we might blow a fuse. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So Vanessa, yes. I know you usually start these out, but yeah. I figured I would kind of jump in because today's guest is a longtime friend of ours and I think is sort of the reason why I was able to live in New York for 11 years. Wow. I moved to New York in 2007 from Cleveland. My band had just broken up. I had been quit my job to tour with this band and I moved to New York, didn't really have a job, went on all these weird kind of interviews. I interviewed with an auction house that was selling the Jackson families some of their material, but they it was the Jackson family was fighting them. So they were like, oh. go through these books and look for clothes that match up with this so we can yeah. sell them. Didn't take that job. Had an interview at Astor Wines. I remember this. And I had to take a, a test where I had to like do the accents on the wines. Didn't get that job. Think I failed the test. And then our guest today, I, I had known he hired me to write for a TV show that he hosted on Fuse. I had never written for television before, and that kind of got my foot in the door there. And so then I was able to make money so I could pay rent and live. And so that was awesome. And so, yeah, internally thankful to today's guest for kind of getting me on that train. Yeah. Did you start just writing sort of freelance and then start? Yeah. Well, yeah. I had been the music editor at AP, and then I started freelancing. So I was still writing for a bunch of music magazines, but I had yeah. never written for 
television, television is different, right? Like we would write on this program that Tell would say how long it. it would take. Then we'd go in the teleprompter. You know how it is. We didn't use cue cards. This was yeah. teleprompters. Yeah. So it. you may not be, yeah, you, you probably have used both. Done other shows in SNL. Other yeah. shows in okay. SNL, right. Okay. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're very, you're very grateful for our guest today. I yes, know, so. very grateful. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a great guy, has a, so much knowledge about music, and I think we should just introduce him. Former host of Stevens Untitled Rock Show on Fuse, where I was a head writer, but you also might know him from his nuanced work on such shows as California Dreams, The Original Queer Eye, a little show maybe you've heard of called Sliders. Please welcome my good friend, Stephen Smith. Hey, Stephen. Hi, Jonah. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are just such a delight. I still remember like the day Jonah introduced me to you, Vanessa, and we were in the East Village, and I think you were doing Second City on a cruise ship. Yes, I bet. I bet. And then the best part was I learned on the internet, like, I don't know, I think, it, I can't remember what nerd site I was looking at, but it talked about who was going to be on SNL and it hadn't been announced yet. And I texted Joe and I was like, I, dude, I just learned that Vanessa was going to be on SNL. And uh, Joe went, dude, don't say anything. <laughs> and my wife, my wife immediately went, well, did you tell Jonah that he should tell the internet? Yeah. Because <laughs> this was a period of time that was, uh, we were so paranoid. Yes. And I think our parents were like this too. Vanessa was like, they're like, you can't tell anyone. And, but then it was like leaking. And I would, I was just like playing dumb. I was like, oh, that's weird. I know. I was actually surprised that Jonah's reaction to you was, you can't tell anyone instead of being like, I don't know, that's not true. <laughs> because that was the reaction I told everyone to have because I had been so scared that we were told not to tell anyone until it was like officially announced by NBC. And I was so scared that I made everyone in our family so paranoid about it <laughs> to the point where it was very clear I was going to be on the show. And because NBC hadn't announced it yet, you know, I, I, I think we talked about this on the podcast recently. It was like our uncle was calling my dad being like, it really seems like Vanessa's going to get hired. And I was already living in New York and my dad had to be like, well, you know, the trades, what do they know? You know, people people say stuff. It was wild. So the fact that you got a confirmation in any way, shape, or form is really, you're a good friend, Yeah, you know? Ooh. Steven's up there. Yeah, he's... I'll, he's ta I'll yeah, take I that. didn't have to lie to his face, so that was nice. <laughs> right. I love it. Well, Stephen, you've been one of Jonah's close friends for such a long time, and he, I know he's so grateful to you for giving him his first sort of big TV, his first big New York job. Yeah. And I'm grateful. Huge. Fuse was, Fuse was huge. I remember walking by those every, <laughs> every time I'd be late running to a, the train station, I'd walk by those offices with those big lights. Yeah. No, Fuse, does it still exist? I think. Maybe. I'm not really Maybe. sure. I don't know. I, I mean, guess none it, of us it, took the time to look it up. And by none of us, I mean... We didn't look it up. I. We, well, I, I wrote on a few shows, and but Stephen got me in. But it was so fun because I felt like it was really us just talking about music, listening to music, and then going down the studio to watch Stephen Port. And then it was a lot of bands that didn't like me because I'd written something negative about them at some point in my life. And I got to see them face to face, which is always a, a fun, fun, fun thing to do. 
And wouldn't you sort of do a thing where you would write stuff on the cards for Steven and not tell him and then he would say it on camera? Or am I making this up? That's something that I did. uh, No, I I would write... (laughs) I would have a lot of friends in bands on the show. Like Okay, and the show... Just to explain to people who haven't seen Steven's Untitled Rock Show, it's it's sort of like... What would you compare it to on MTV for people who were more into MTV than into Fuse? I would would love to compare it to 120 Minutes, but it, it wasn't that good. Fuse was very interesting way back then because since it was such a new network, I couldn't get a lot of like huge, huge bands. So that a programmer who was very smart decided to focus on the uh, the burgeoning emo scene. And so we started getting yeah. a lot of these bands like, you know, Mike Hem and Taking Back Sunday. And uh, we when we started the rock show, they just couldn't come up with a name. So it was a placeholder called Stevens okay. and Tyler Rock Show. And we had a contest and that's how it got the ridiculous wow. name um it's just kind of funny a uh, green day i think actually announced the name which i thought was wow cool. yeah but our first guest was me first in the gimme gimme so it was basically fat mike and we would just do video raps and we would do interviews in between and uh our producer went on to do another show and he had written a lot of it bruce mcdonald our very good friend yes and he went to do work on a live show and so our show was pre-taped and you know write stuff so we needed a writer and i uh, overheard someone mentioning jonah had submitted something for something and i went can i have him oh that's so nice and that was that was literally the conversation i remember i was leaning on a cubicle and they someone said well he's never written for tv and i went good i don't want that <gasps> oh i love what a nice story jonah did you know that yeah okay yeah i did know that <laughs> but it never gets old to me but yeah i we me and steven had met like on the warp tour or something i think when i oh, was yeah. at, and uh i had been on fuse like as an expert or something when i worked Whoa. at alternative press oh yeah so we had known each other but yeah had not written for tv that is true yeah and uh it was pr- it was fun so it was just like a video rap show but then when jonah came on we tweaked it to have a really long interview format so that we would have a good 10 15 minutes straight of just talking to bands and jonah would sneak in stuff that I yeah. wasn't aware of and the bands would react and it would always be funny and it's, fun. It, and Yeah, it's funny to have like your friends on national television and then like you're sneaking in these weird inside jokes into Stephen's questions and they're like, did Jonah ask that? And it's like so, so unprofessional. Do you remember any examples of the inside joke? By the way, our, our producer Olivia just told us that Fuse does still exist. So that's great news. Wow, that is cool. Good for them. Yeah. I hope they're... <laughs> yes. I hope they're Okay. Yeah. Let's see. What was one? You did one with Motion City. Oh, uh, with Tony Saxon. With Tony. He, yeah. Tony at one point had something involving like he drank a beer really fast and then threw up or something. It was something very benign. And then Stephen was like, so I heard you guys aren't really, you know, if you drink too fast, you guys have some problems. Like anyone drink a beer in, in a bathroom recently and have any, it was like something very specific. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> or like it would be like. Chris from the American Rejects, like, are you guys into like those like double tall bikes or something? And they would like, I would just be these kind of, yeah. Specific. Maybe that's the one from, one. that was a really good one, the double tall. And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he had one. Yeah, it was very funny. And then Steve and I did a podcast for like six years going off track after the right, show. Right, right. Which is still going strong. And uh, you and, came on, you guest hosted a bunch, Vanessa. It was great. Yes, I still yes. think, I, I still think about you talking with uh, Janine. Garofalo, Garofalo, yes. And talking about Wet Hot American Summer. And I just went and saw Ken Marino and David Wayne's band, The Middle Aged. Right. Jonah told, yeah. Jam band. 
And yeah. it was great because Craig Wedron is just on stage nice. from uh, Shutter to Think, and he wrote all the music for all their stuff. They did the song live, Higher and Higher, from Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, my gosh. And, and it was, we just all lost our silly minds. <laughs> it was really, really cool to see. And Ken Amazing. was running. Ken, yeah. it was very, it was a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah, Janine Garofalo and I really bonded when I guest hosted with you guys. And we realized we both like General Hospital and then she and I went and saw the General Hospital karaoke band. It was really funny because then we got to meet these guys that were in this small General Hospital band that are actors on the show and we were really different than their regular demo, I guess. So they Wait, were, so there, there were actors on the show who happened to play in a General Hospital so, band So yeah, I didn't do also. a good job of explaining this. There were four actors on the band, okay, in the band. And basically, you know, it's called General Hospital takes place in this fictional town called Port Port Charles. Port Charles. Thank you. I'm familiar. So the name of the (laughs) band that these four guys, these four actors on General Hospital were in was called Port Chuck, which is a takeoff of Port Charles. Okay. So the Port Chuck band, Janine Garofalo and I went, we saw them live. We got to meet them after. I still lightly stay in touch with two of them. And it was just incredible. But anyways, let's move on because I will swallow the whole podcast with General Hospital if given the opportunity. Just a quick moment. I played in a band in California with a guy who was on Port Charles, the spinoff of General Hospital. Just want to throw that out there. Is that true? That's that incredible. That is completely true. And yeah. I absolutely remember that spinoff. What was the band called? Uh, it was for a theater troupe out in LA. I think it's still there called Sacred Fools. Okay. And we were the Sacred Fools band and he played guitar and I played drums. And there you go. Stephen, what, <laughs> na- what was the name of your band in college? Because this is one of my favorite band names. Okay. Oh, yes. That was the Ice Cream Socialists. <laughs> That's really funny. Now, this is a great segue into what I was going to ask, which is, Stephen, you've done a lot of work and been on a lot of really incredible shows throughout the years, but I'm curious, before I absolutely get into that, how did you get your start? Like, did you go to theater school? Did you do a lot of this kind of stuff in college or did you start doing it later on in your... Like, how did you sort of get your start in the entertainment world? Oh, that's a great question. It goes back to having severe ADHD. My mom shoved me into ballet class when I was four. Wow. And I danced for years and then started uh, just acting in school and taking classes and stuff. And then I did the, in high school, I don't know if all the states have this. I don't know if Ohio does it too, but like they would have this thing called governor's school where if you apply, they have it for everything, math and science and stuff. And I got into the one for the arts Wow! and then did a lot of plays in high school and stuff, which was fun. Was and that in addition, was governor's school in addition to regular school or was it instead of, was it like the new school that you went to? It was in addition. So it was okay. a, a summer, summer program paid for by the state. Okay. Which was, which was by cool. By the and governor, learned, probably, personally. By the governor, wrote the check. Governor. Rich governor. Sarah, I have no <laughs> idea. So that was cool. And then I um, uh, went to college in Virginia where I was living. And I wanted to be a director. I wanted to direct plays. And so they had a cool black box theater program there. And uh, I got in by not applying like other people. They remembered me from governor school, which was kind of cool and very helpful for my father because it was in state much cheaper. Nice. And then didn't know what I wanted to do after school. And a friend of mine was moving to LA and I literally rode in the back of a rider truck and moved out there with him. And in the greatest six degrees of separation, my aunt was a vet tech and 
here it comes, Vanessa, what you've been waiting for. Uh, she was rehabilitating a dog whose pelvis had been destroyed. Oh. And the person who owned the dog was the casting director for Peter Engel Productions that oh. did California Dreams. Okay. And so as a favor to my aunt, this woman uh, auditioned me with my super long 90s hair. And that's how I got started. And from there, got, you know, had a couple of agents and things and did some stuff and lived so, in LA. So California Dreams, was that your first TV appearance? Was California Dreams? California Dreams was the very first thing. And Vanessa, can you explain? Because I know you, Vanessa, you are legitimately a fan of this show. Can yeah, you explain? California it's kind of Dreams. like Saved by the Bell, but it's like they're in a band, basically. Yes, and it would play at this, so it was sort of part of the same tween. Saturday morning television block as Saved by the Bell and Peter Engel also produced Saved by the Bell like it, part of those shows the plot of California Dreams was basically these five or six teens that were in a band called the California Dreams they also lived in California but they were kind of living their dreams so it's an excellent title and basically you Saved by the Bell except instead of being in their high school all the time they're like in someone's garage practicing for the band right and was it as good as save by the bell although they were in high school sometimes in fact i remember actually steven we'll get to your scenes you were you your character took place in the high school so i take that back they were in the high school quite a bit but they were practicing a lot they were in the but practice they were practicing space in the garage a lot in the too. garage a but lot. yeah yeah so that was their thing is they had this they were basically like imagine the save by the bell characters if they had like a side band in their high school, not talking about the Zack Attack, which was just a few episodes of their band where everybody all of a sudden knew how to dance or knew how to sing and play instruments when you're like, oh, what? But anyways, so they had a band. And Stephen, just to get into your character, so you were on more than one episode, if I recall correctly. I got to do four episodes that kept bringing me back. So they Wait, uh, they bring they bring me back. I, got, I had a name and everything. It was pretty cool. And what was your name again? Oh, it's very important. Um, Boogie Boy. <laughs> Boogie Boy. And you were sort of a prankster, if I recall. You you and this other guy, I remember one scene where you have those like water guns, those su super soakers or something, and you uh, spray water in a classroom. Is that right? Oh, oh, yeah. We trashed the classroom up and smashed things, and it was very silly. And you and did that just because you were kind of pranksters? It was like, I believe the storyline was yeah. um, uh, Sly's character had a had a side hustle called uh, Baboom, Kaboom or something. And, okay. it was, and it was, he was trying to, he was doing this game where people would get shot with these foam pistols and uh -huh. we got, we got shot and we decided to really act out like platoon style, our death scenes and smash up a classroom and. And just to be clear, these are water pistols. These are water. They, these are water pistols. Yes, yeah. straight, straight up like Nerf style, like goofiness. Yes. And then I believe, I believe this, I believe the plot line, the important A story was it was Jay's dad was being the janitor of the school and having to. That's uh, right, deal, right, right. Having to deal. So that was that, yeah. And and Stephen, speaking of character names. There's a period of your career you went by Stephen with an interesting spelling. Is that correct? Oh yes, yes. This is uh. <laughs> This is my wife's favorite story, and I know I so much about Stephen that I feel hear like I can about just this. 
I couldn't so, be more excited. So after doing California Dreams and all that kind of stuff. Wait, don't we just name a couple other shows that you would say? Oh, I did. So I did I did Sliders. I was on the second Incredible. episode of uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Whoa. And had I'm in their little wiki and everything. I have like a little character name. I was supposed to oh be one God. of Xander's Xander's buddies. Okay. And Sliders was fun. And then uh there was this show, The Pretender, that was on for a bit. Oh that, yeah. I did that. Everything okay. I did involved me going, yeah, dude, like everything. It's so, so interesting because I don't think of you as like a s- surf dude at all. And yet you, you were really kind of typecast. You had the hair. Yeah. You had the hair. You look uh, like I could see you as a surf dude, I guess, was, now that we talked about it. Yeah. It was 96. Like the hair yeah. was long. And yeah. uh, and then uh, then it just kind of, I don't know, did, I started taking some acting classes and because I wasn't booking as many things did a couple of fun commercials some carl's jr and some video game things and then i ended up auditioning for a hosting gig i had a girlfriend at the time who was a host and a presenter and i remember thinking i can do that and i literally went to my commercial agent and said do you have the talky mikey thing and i wish i was embellishing but that's what i said and they said yeah and they sent me over to vh1 and i auditioned but i was 24 five okay and they had 25 albums they wanted you to review five and i happened to own all the records so i just went through all of them in five minutes and they went that was good uh you're too young and i went okay and then four years later they hired me uh after auditioning doing some commercials and stuff and i ended up hosting um rock across america and a couple episodes of vh1 top 20 countdown when that was a thing Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. That was fun. I was like one of the LA hosts. It was like a weird period in, at VH1 where they weren't, they were kind of trying to figure some things out. So they were, it was me. I think Allison Stewart was one of the other hosts. She's on NPR now. Oh, yeah. What about like Moon Zappa? Wasn't she over there? She was at MTV like a long time before. Okay. Okay. Uh, but Steven, the name, the name. Yeah, I get into the name. Oh, the name. Oh, sorry, the name. sorry, the name. Sorry. <laughs> God bless it. Uh, my ADHD pills are wearing off. Um, so I auditioned so much that I would just write in different names at the call sheets back then. And so I thought it'd be really funny to write Steven, S-T-E-E-V-I-N. <laughs> and, and that's the job I booked. And they went, they said, is that how you want your name to be? And I went, Yeah. <laughs> So I get the job and my parents are like, what? And I went, yeah, I don't know what I was doing. And the irony is when I was in New York and I was doing VH1 Top 20, I was out there and I had on like my prized possession is this vintage Ramones t-shirt. I'm a diehard Ramones fan. And uh, I was doing the countdown and my future wife, who I had met yet, was working at VH1 and remembers when she saw the footage of me and her response was, "Who's this tool?" <laughs> so because it it was for the v, was it for the VH1 job that you had written, Stephen? Yep, yep. And so that comes up on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was my back when Aftra was its own thing. Uh, that was my name in Aftra for years. Wow. So, yeah, I'm not known for the best decisions. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Steven Smith after this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other 
as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I.com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. And we're back. Now, Jonah just shared another fun fact about your name, Stephen, that I would not have expected. Yeah. Stephen is my middle name. Are you comfortable sharing your first name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's possibly the whitest name ever. It is uh, Jeffrey Stephen Smith. Whoa. And my mother wanted to name me Stephen and liked the name Stephen and wanted my middle name to be Jeffrey and just didn't think that flowed well. So she made it cool for me to have to explain that for the rest of my life. I just want to point out that that same sort of level of anxiety Vanessa and our family had about her not saying she's on SNL. That's kind of like a kind of a constant thing. I feel like even with your name, I'm like, can we say this? Is this wrong? And, and you're sort of <laughs> like, yeah, I don't care. No one cares. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. But I have a nephew and I remember when they were going to call him by his middle name and they do. I went, don't do it. It gets weird because you forget. I've been kicked off planes because my ID didn't match oh, up with my yeah, name. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. 
And my last name is Smith anyway, so I get identity theft at least once a year. So when you book a when you book a flight or something like that, you do as Jeffrey. I do. I now I do the full name Jeffrey Stevens. So whenever it, I treat it like because I am originally from North Carolina, so I literally write it down as the South. As far as everyone knows, my first name is Jeffrey Steven, and that's how I okay. put everything. Okay, wow. I got gotcha. you. It works out. It sounds like it works out great. Before we move on to today's topic, I just want to show. This mug that you gave me, Stephen, once, it's my most prized mug. And it's a mug from the, I believe you said the wrap party for California yes. Dreams. What does it say on it? It says California Dreams with the font, which the O is a sun. Right. And it says in quotes, the dream will never end. And then it says, senior prom, January 27, 1996. So... I think they called the rap party senior prom, which is like delusional much. <laughs> it sounds like the summer ended after about five seasons, unfortunately. Well, I was going to say, it seems like you were, I, it was a short-lived show because the rap party being in the beginning of 96 feels like it, star it started, I think, in like 93, 94. Like, I don't think it was on very much long, longer, but you yeah. got in while it was hot. What was that party like, I, Stephen, where you got that mug? Do you remember the party? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I barely remember it. And I wasn't even like drinking or anything. It was just so nondescript and like weird. I remember Peter Engel saying, I'm king of the prom. And I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was very, very weird. Those, I didn't know much about those Saturday mornings. I mean, I knew Saved by the Bell because it was a cultural phenomenon. And then there was like, California Dreams and Hang Time. Yeah, and then, Hang Time. That was the basketball yeah, show. Yeah, that was the basketball one. And then like there's a couple others I don't think related, but in that same vein of like like Breaker High and stuff and those kind of teeny things. But Parker um, Lewis, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, well that was I, I that think one. that was that was evening. That was like prime time. This was yeah, non-prime time. Okay. Right. This this was it's raining. We're gonna watch this. Like that's those were those right. programs. Right. Then. But it was fun being part of it. And they kept bringing me back. And uh, I remember there was one episode where they had a guy who just couldn't like remember his lines. And he was like the goofy surf judge. And he could not remember his lines. He had oh. to have the script like like in front of him. And they said, you know what? Why don't you do it? And I'm like, okay. So I went and memorized it. And they came back and they went, no, you can't do it. Like, why would you be the surf judge? And I went, so you're going to play like continuity with this shit? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, literally the characters on Saved by the Bell the last season switched. Like they took out Jesse and Kelly and put in Tori and nobody said a word. So now with Saved by the Bell, just to bring again, everything full circle that my band in college that Jonah loves the name, the Ice Cream Socialists, the lead songwriter with the greatest rock and roll name ever, Heath Haynes, is his real name. He had a song called Kelly Kapow about Kelly Kapowski that we would play. Wow. Wow. And I believe is on his his new album he put it back on, which was kind of fun. So why didn't he use her full name? That feels like such a weird place to oh, because of the word pow? It rhymes, yes. Yeah, like I think like the line is I know a girl named Kelly Kapow. And then the rest of the guys would go, Kelly Kapow. And but then, it feels so easy to add on ski. Yeah. Like that rhymes with a lot of stuff too, you know? I guess. I don't really write this songs. isn't your your battle to fight. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I'll I'll send you the sound clap. Okay. Send it over. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll send this person a couple of two, three notes if you think that'd be cool. <laughs> I think they would love it. They would be okay. stoked. 
So, Stephen, um, you you came in with so many incredible topics. Obviously, you were in a Riverboat Gambler shirt. I mean, we could talk oh, about music for good catch hours, but we're not gonna this time. Maybe we will some other time. We're gonna talk about Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Although I did find on YouTube there is a, a death metal cover of the theme song that someone made. That is pretty good. I I ever heard someone playing the music recently, and, and I walked by and I just went, "Is that Johnny Costa?" And the, I went. How do you know that? And I went, what's Mr. Rogers? That was his music director. And they went, how did, what? And I went, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, this is, this is like very kind of quintessential Stephen, I feel like, because me and Stephen like went to, Stephen was on a panel in Comic-Con once and Stephen would be like, that guy, like, he's the anchor for this. I was like, how do you know who these people, like, you, Stephen wow. would know like the most obscure stuff about music and comics. And so why did you sort of choose Mr. Rogers Neighborhood? I mean, was this a show you watched growing up or what's your connection to it? Yeah. So, so I was an army brat and we moved all the time. And like the constants that I remember as a kid are, is PBS because everywhere you go in the States, PBS. And I remember it was like in a row, it would be Sesame Street, Electric Company, Mr. Rogers. And then this show called Zoom, which just had kids like in different colors doing stuff. I don't know why. It, <laughs> it wasn't hmm. kids just having like tele-meetings with each other about like marketing or something. <laughs> no. Like, like today's yeah. Zoom? Like today's yeah, it was, Zoom, it was like couple, Yeah, it was bizarre. So like that was, and in my head, it was like, well, these are my shows. Like my parents watched their shows. These are sure. my shows. And Sesame Street was a big deal. But Mr. Rogers, I loved because love imagination and creativity and uh that was his thing which was going to the land of make-believe and like and i bought it like of course this man who you know everyone talks about the sweaters and the shoes and that kind of thing and i never really connected it but when you look back on it it's just someone being kind and cool and telling mm-hmm. stories and i never thought anything bizarre about it but as i got older and i thought more about mr rogers and i was like wow he's he's like like the patron saint of just don't be a jerk. And mm-hmm. a few years ago, Twitch, I don't know how they had this, but Twitch, that streaming network mm-hmm. thing, they got, it's so, I don't understand it. They got the rights for just like a week, every Mr. Rogers episode. Whoa. From the 60s to 2001, like the old black and white ones that I had never seen. And the ones that dealt with, like really, really heavy subjects like back in the 60s and how you talk to kids about it all the way in. And I just put it on and my kids were very little and they were like, just staring, just eyes agape and just loved every second of it. And they like just drowned in it. I don't know. He just, he just, he's, I read his biography and I was just a huge fan as a kid and he was a musician and he would always surround himself with musicians. Like the guy who did the music for the show the music was live. Like if he's walking from one side of the house to the other, wow. like they would, they would change the music up. And the guy, Johnny Costa, who did it was this jazz guy. And he insisted on making it jazzy and not dumbing it down. He, and his thing was like, kids love music. Like they, they'll get it. He never cared that it was a TV show and to break the fourth wall constantly. That was the shtick, but like would walk outside the house and come back in and then use a door. Um, <laughs> he would have like all the characters that would connect. And they would talk to the, tr- I don't know. It's just one of those things where I just waited every morning to watch it. And I have a memory of watching it in color, but we didn't get a color TV till I was like 10. So I don't know. I don't know how your brain does that, but 
Yeah. I mean, I, I remember watching it so much and I was doing some research on it and it I read this thing on the website where they were talking about how the people on the show were neighbors and and he said like neighbors are people who live close to each other. Neighbors look at each other. They talk to each other. They listen to each other. That's how they get to know each other and how that was a big lesson. And then in terms of the puppets, the authority of the king, the shyness of Daniel Tiger, the adolescence of X the Owl, the mischievousness of Lady Elaine Fairchild. We all have lots of facets to who we are, and it's fun to be able to express them. And then with his special guests, he'd say, I'd like you to know my television friend. And how like everything was sort of made in a way to sort of teach kids about like appreciating people and the different sort of parts of the, the different sort of personalities and, and facets of the different people. I think it's so nice. Oh, yeah. That's the whole thing is he was just a giant bucket of empathy. And he ended the song, he ended the show with the song, It's You I Like, Always. Yes, that's and, right. And he would, he would talk like directly to you. And I'll never forget, there was one episode that really struck me because I was, I mean, I still have it. You don't grow out of ADHD. When my daughter got diagnosed with it, I really dove into it. And I started remembering, like, why did my mom do this to me as a kid? Like, why'd she throw me in ballet? Because, you know, back then in the 70s, ADHD treatment was the Wild West. It was like, have meth, you know, and kids were... So my mom put me in ballet. And he did an episode with a football player. I'm pretty sure it was someone in the Steelers who took ballet. And then went to football. And I remember being like... That's me. I'm yeah. that guy because I would go from ballet practice to soccer practice and never think, never think anything of it. And that's one thing I like that it was just like the nicest kind of assumption. Like, yeah, that's just what you do. Yeah, I re- I remember mostly. I remember us watching growing up. I just remember the him like taking his jacket off and putting his shoes on, like all that stuff. That's what I remember. The, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. Yeah, changing yeah. his shoes. I was a big fan of the fish, and then he had this shelf, and on the shelf was models of everything in the land of make-believe and he would bring them down and then the camera would zoom in close and like you know it's like the slowest zoom ever you know to get in there and then it would just do the craziest of like you know star wipe into the land of make-believe and trolley would be there and i remember as a kid going well of course he travels between worlds you know yeah 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 it's obviously a portal Right. You know, right. Of course. Right. And then he would do stuff like he wrote and they performed six operas on the show. Wow. Really? Because he liked opera. I'm not a fan of opera. Yeah. But you throw a purple panda into an opera and I'm going to watch it. Yeah. 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 Big time. And it was super great. He also, like, I mean, again, I'm a giant nerd for him. His biography talks about how he worked with this child psychologist and everything that he did would have to get approved by her. And she was like, she was like old then. Yeah. And she would push these crazy ideas like empathy. Like he wouldn't say things like he would approve every script and there was a way to write it in a certain way, which was, it wasn't, you know, it was PBS. So you weren't throwing a commercial, but it wasn't like, you wouldn't say, I'll be back when you're going away. Why are you going away? Yeah. I'm a kid. Don't, don't go anywhere. Like he, he was very specific about how you would talk to a kid and what words you would say. And he would, you know, not mean by any chance, but he would just, you know, change the script and alter things to make it more accessible to, you know, a mind that hasn't been on the planet that long. Yeah. Yeah. And so more recently, there's a documentary about him. And then there was this Tom Hanks 
movie? Did you watch his stuff? I watched the documentary. I haven't watched the Tom Hanks one yet. Uh, okay. I'm nervous about it because yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it to yeah. upset my memories of the man. But you know, you don't it's want still him to Tom be Hanks. like life is like a box of chocolates, right? Okay, Jenna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The documentary was incredible, though. I saw it, too. Yeah. Did you see the special on PBS that was a retrospective? And it was... This is one of my favorite facts about Mr. Rogers. It was presented by Michael Keaton. No. Because Michael Keaton was from Pittsburgh, and that was his first job. He was an intern. Oh, my God. And if you ever ask him, and there's interviews, but like, how is Mr. Rogers in person you know was he different and he said he's nicer wow oh my god i love that so so mr rogers found out that michael keaton was this aspiring comedian and had him do get together with other young actors and do like like silly like karamazov brothers type stunts but they were very safe and they were all pantomimes. So it'd be like him, like stepping off a chair, being like, yes, you know, and it's Michael Keaton. And he's like, and he would do it on well, the show? On the show. Yeah. Oh you can see footage gosh, of Michael Keaton that's performing. Incredible. Steven, you're a big comic book guy. What's your, what are your thoughts on Michael Keaton as Batman? Are you buying it? When it first came out, I was like, nope, no. Yeah. And then the movie came out and I went, oh, shoot. Yeah. He's pretty good. Okay. He's a pretty he's a pretty solid Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. And by the by, like I loved Christian Bale. Robert Pattinson, I thought was amazing. Yeah. And I'm very picky about Batman because in, in my mind, Batman is Adam West. That's it. Right. That's right, the, right, right. The all, that's the ending. Who going back to the beginning, one of the auditions I had, Vanessa, years and years ago with the casting director of California Dreams, I tested for a pilot. Lost out the road of Bobcat Goldthwait, not to brag. Wow. Who then used a line. They used a line I had lived in the audition in the <gasps> final pilot, but whatever. But Adam West was there. But did the pilot not get picked up? It didn't get picked up. Yeah. So um, whatever. They probably, they probably burned themselves. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but Adam West was one of, was also testing for it. And I was Whoa. just sitting there like at Fox and I just went, uh, I had to go say something. But anyway. Back to back to Mr. Rogers. Sorry, I don't mean to digress. No, 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 not at all. I was going to say back to Mr. Rogers that I feel like a lot of times when something really horrible happens, people post that quote that he has about like in a bad situation, like a horrible whatever. Look for the helpers, like the people that are like focus on those people, the people that help and that like are making the situation better and helping everybody else. And I think that's such a nice. And I always think about mm -hmm. that when something hor you know horrible happens is is the helpers. I think that was either his grandmother or his mom who would say that. She said, look, there's always people helping. Look for it. Wow. The thing I love about it is after the show uh, was taken off the air and he ended it, you know, um, after he passed, his wife who just passed like in the past year, she, for years, people said, we're going to do another Mr. Rogers. Do another Mr. Rogers. And she said, uh, no. And finally, it was uh, the woman who created Blue's Clues. Mm -hmm. And she said, here's my idea. Change nothing, but make it animated so it can run forever. And they took Daniel Tiger, which was his first puppet, who I remember that you know, lived in the clock. Well, Daniel yeah. Tiger has grown up and had his own kid named Daniel. And they created Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. And my kids started watching Daniel Tiger. And most of the kids I talked to 
watch Daniel Tiger. So literally this next generation is just dripping with empathy and kindness and like understanding. And I see it all the time. I never put together that that was the same Daniel Tiger from, because my my best friend Gwen's daughter, Aurora, loves Daniel Tiger. Is it like Daniel Tiger's going to like a Billie Eilish concert, like in this episode? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> but he's not allowed. Well, because Daniel's a Phineas fan. So okay. it's been different for him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's, he was into That's Phineas, a, of course. Got it. And then, Jonah um, loves to absolutely burn, but no, also, not burn, no. but it, that's like my one kind of. Yeah, sorry. Jonah wants to absolutely make jokes <laughs> about Gen Z. He's got a ton of Gen Z material. I've got too much millennial and Gen Z stuff. It's, it's a lot. So I was going to ask you about like the kid generation now knowing about it because you were talking about your daughter watching. So she's seen the episodes that you've shown her, but Daniel Tiger has sort of become the new Mr. Rogers. Yes. And then what I didn't know was, and I was just you know, looking up stuff because, like, you know, your head, you go, wait a minute, is it, is it, it was Lady Elaine? What was her last name? Oh, it was Lady Elaine Fairchild. So I was looking that up online. There's another show because Daniel Tiger is all animated using all the songs, but there's a new show and it was, it's called Donkey Hody. And it's been running for two years now. And this one's all puppets. It's another spinoff of the same. And it's, and it's literally inspired by the works of Fred Rogers, it says. So, really? So I haven't seen that, but I kind of like the fact that there's now this generation of queens, because my twins are 12, going to be 13, Lord help us. Wow. And uh, that was their thing as little kids. Now there's another one for little kids. Yeah, that's still that's connected so to Mr. Nice. Rogers. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's hard to beat just, um, well, we used to say this all the time. Joan and I back and when we would write stuff, it's like um, most people, and I'm sure you have the same experience with us, so most people you meet that are, you know, big names are usually really cool. Most people are cool. Like we have few like jerk references usually. Yeah. You know, and some is, some, sometimes it's like, well, we started that. Sorry. But, you know, yeah. most people are really cool. And I think that's just very indicative of Mr. Rogers that it's hard. You can get caught up really quick with people who aren't and it's they're they're very few yeah you know most celebrities are cool i would say most are also shorter and bigger heads than you might think that's a real common yeah okay i'm like looking (laughs) for a compliment from my brother and that seems that's not what i was expecting well i i i legitimately like Vanessa, hurl your name out like on a daily basis to my kids. Like something will pop up and be like, there's Vanessa. Oh my God. Vanessa. And it'll be, so... it'll be like when um, the Super Pets came out, I was like, you see? Oh you my see? God. That's so nice. She's a superhero. It's all coming together. Understand? Yeah. But Steven, you're forgetting that your your daughters are also United Nations fans. Oh, huge United Nations fans. Oh yeah. yeah. That's Jonah's yes. band for anyone who does. I <laughs> Who doesn't know, but it is an awesome band. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty heavy stuff for tween. I would call them tweens now. Would you call them tweens? tweens? They're they're tweens. They will be teens in a few months. But lines have been drawn because when when you have twins, they, you know, like having your own identity is very important. So, so my daughter Kate is like, it's, it's Taylor Swift or nothing. Okay. But she is now a big fan of buying only Taylor's versions of her albums on vinyl. Whoa, this is very cool. So she's a big fan. Meanwhile, her twin sister, Emily, gave up her Taylor Swift Eras Tour ticket 
because she didn't want to go <gasps> because she wanted me to take her to Metallica, Whoa. which I didn't do because that was more money than Taylor Swift. Sure. Uh, but I did, wow. but I did take her to see a uh, Marky Ramones band. Wow. And, and she's a big, big Ramones fan and, okay. uh, lines have been drawn. That's very interesting because I remember Stephen, when you had your kids, you had this policy where you were like, I'm not going to show them any cool music because then they will not like cool music because they'll think they're rebelling against me because it's stuff their dad likes. So if I don't <laughs> show them anything cool, maybe they'll discover it on their own and I won't taint it. And I remember that was like actually like your kind of approach to parenting, but it sounds like it kind of worked. Hopefully. We'll see. It's every once in a while, like I'll, I'll just sit there and I'm like, just not, I don't know. I don't want to make fun of a band just because I don't like them. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's just, okay. There's just certain things like, um, here's, here's an example. Um, I've met one of them and they're fine, but I'm just not a fan of their band, but the band, the black keys, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh, my daughter, my daughter, Emily's a drummer and she's doing this school of rock band thing and she gets to play drums in a clash song. Oh, wow. Which she's psyched about. And then they gave her this other song and she was like, I don't even know who these guys are. And it was the black keys. And I didn't want to go because I didn't want to like influence how she felt about it. Yeah. Sure. But I'm, I'm not, this is not my thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, I just didn't want to like broadcast it, you know? Meanwhile, her twin sister is in October running around singing at the top of her lungs. All I want for Christmas is you. I think just to annoy us, which I kind of respect. Yeah, that's kind of how I was. I would do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's very funny. She was blaring it while taking a shower and had it on her phone. And <laughs> her twin sister ran in and all we heard was, enough! And like slammed <laughs> paws. I don't know if you guys ever did kind of stuff like that as siblings. Okay. But. Okay. <laughs> Does anyone have anything else to say about Mr. Rogers? I just wanted to say my friend Kate Micucci has a new children's album coming out and she has a song about mr rogers that's very very sweet i've never met her but i used to work for leslie khan years and years ago and i was one of her first teaching assistants and there was a her first book that she made kate drew yes and i remember being like what is that? i have it i was like what is this she's amazing and then she showed up on scrubs yeah and then and then i learned about garfunkel and oates and i was yeah like, she's, yeah she's phenomenal well she's, i think and 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 you know voiceover much like you and she's on uh nature cat yes yes totally we used to watch as well man it's yeah. hard to come up with a good a cool kid show that just like i don't know just teaches but like finds a way to teach and not telegraph that that's what you're doing not talk down yeah yeah not talk down to kids well yeah. mr rogers was certainly that i i want to go watch it now i know right but we can't watch it because we got to finish this podcast <laughs> and we'll be right back after this break witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I.com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. And we're back. Okay. So now, Stephen, we're going to play a little, a cool little game called Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. Otherwise known as Let's Make Fun of People Who Don't Know How to Use Change.Org. In this game, we're going to bring up three different somewhat nostalgic things that people are trying to bring back on Change.Org, and we'll each vote for our favorite. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. And you're going to absolutely enjoy it. So I can get into this first one. Sure. It's called Music Use During Study Hall. Mm. This one has uh, 364 signatures so far. The person is creating this petition because they want to tell you about all the negativity that's been caused by students that attend his high school because they banned AirPods and music. The use of not listening to music has caused many restless students during the school day in study hall. According to the Mayo Clinic, quote, music soothes, energizes, and inspires. Yes, some teachers may play music out loud, but not all do, especially in study hall when we are tired, trying to find the energy to stay awake and the motivation to study. Music helps us achieve those things. So, Stephen, do you think that kids at this high school should be allowed to listen to their AirPods in study hall? 100%. Okay. It has been scientifically proven that low-fidelity music in the background helps studying in cognition. I, I listen to constantly, um, I'm a big fan of them. Uh, I don't know if it's a person or if it's a thing, but Lo-Fi Girl 
on YouTube and Spotify. It's just light. It's almost like I don't. Elevator music sounds mean. I'm not trying to be mean, but it sounds like it's like cool stuff in the background that you can tell someone's put thought into. But like they're they're creating a. It's like you know, like back in the rave days, the chill out room. You know, sure. There's that surfer voice that the the bazooka guy had on California Dreams. I got to tell you, man, that bazooka episode was hard and I don't think they could do it today. Physically challenging. I remember you guys are squatting all over the place. You're running mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Could hurt your hip or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Pull something. Okay. I now find late, late at night, I'll be like, man, why does my back hurt? And I realize, oh, I've been standing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't like that. I'd like to yeah. see the guy who plays Sly come up with a scheme like that today, you know? Right. I ran into Michael a couple of times when I moved to New York in like 2002. Oh. And I don't know what that dude does. But all I know is this, is that he still has the abs. Wow. Yeah. So, Vanessa, uh, <laughs> what, what do you think about the music and study hall? What do you think? Oh, I'm 100% for it, especially yeah. for people to use their AirPods. Like, it's like, it's sort of like, I would understand if like certain kids want music, certain kids don't. You sort of have to respect, you want to try to respect everybody. But if kids are allowed to just listen on their AirPods and, and they're not bothering anyone, then yeah, I don't think it should be, I think it should totally be allowed. What about yeah. you, Jonah? I'm with you. Yeah. But you got to have that, you got to have some kind of headphones earpods you know yeah. n- no one wants to to hear your music you know so i also, no. also think podcasts can be good too you know listen to what you want but make sure you're you're studying maybe maybe the podcast is too distracting if you're studying listen to listen to music maybe something instrumental even but hey i'm sure. not trying to tell you what to listen to but whatever uh, helps you do your maybe listen to lifetime you know or, or, or something oh, lifetime is amazing i yeah. think teachers get i think teachers get annoyed by it because airpods and like the pros and all those kind of cool little earbuds if you know you got the long hair, you can wear it all day, and they oh, can't yeah. tell. Oh yeah, yeah. So Never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Not really an issue for me, but yeah. that could be cool. Yeah, yeah. I think they should listen to you know, if I was going to pick a podcast, probably "How Do We Get Weird" would be the one wow. that I would yeah. encourage most students to listen Thank to. In fact, you. in fact, Jonah, I, I got a tweet an X what what they call it a little while ago, and it was about how when. Before our show got canceled on Fuse years ago, Vanessa, um, <laughs> uh, an executive decided to take it from after school and put it during school. So Ugh. because we are provocateurs, our producer, Mike Kanjemi, encouraged us to have kids text from school <laughs> because we had to do this promotion for like, I don't know, was it a Palm Pilot or something? It was something Yeah, it weird. was something like that. It's some kind of phone. So we had kids text us and some kid was like, I remember when I got in trouble for texting during school. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then Steven answered it on air. So yeah, <laughs> take that. And I was like, oh God. Yeah, it would be like, if you're in school, it doesn't matter. Just text us at this number. <laughs> like, Whoa, okay. Just ignore okay. Because we were so mad about the time getting changed. We were really yeah. trying to... Yeah. Trying to rebel. All right. So we're in agreement on this one. Yes. Vanessa, what we want to get into the next one. The petition. next one is called Bring Back Zowers Candy. Now, this one surprisingly has 2,333 signatures. Whoa. And it's written out to 20 people, including President Joseph R. Biden. And this person wrote, I won't read the whole thing, but really, I... It's very long. It's very long, but this person starts with, imagine a warm memory from childhood, enjoying the respite of a cool movie theater during the hot summer, munching on salty popcorn and your favorite fruity candy, maybe playfully arguing with your siblings or friends over who gets the last piece of candy, 
Fast forward 10 to 20 years later, and every time you open your bag or box of that candy, you're instantly transported back to your younger years. In that blissful moment, you're momentarily reminded of how it felt to be young and carefree. And then she keeps talking and she says, it may seem trivial to some, but imagine the disappointment of lo- and longing you would feel if something so nostalgic and irreplaceable to you simply disappeared one day. That is how possibly thousands of people, if not more, feel having lost their favorite candy in the whole world, Zowers. Okay, so basically Zowers are Mike and Ike's, but they were sour version. Oh. Yeah, Mike and Ike brand Sourlicious Zowers. Yeah, 2020, they're discontinued. So pretty Yeah, re- discontinued recently. in 2020. Oh. And... This person has written to Just Born, asked about them. The company said, if you're looking for something sour, try our Mike and Ike Mega Mix Sour. She's like, no, that's not good enough. And she ends the petition by saying, please consider emailing, calling, or mailing Just Born, the parent company of Mike and Ike, to let them know how much it would mean to you to have them back. Then she gives the email link. She gives the phone number, the corporate office number, their hours, where you can mail letters. I mean, this, I, I got to say, I, I want to ask you both what you think of this petition, but this is one of the most thorough petitions yeah. I've ever read on here, you know, for something that like that important. And I feel that the fact that this person not, sometimes these people talk in a way that they really try to sound sophisticated and they're really whatever. And then they're sort of, you can't take it seriously because it's so sort of like, who is this to? What is this for? The way that this person laid out their petition, I really respect them. And I can see how much they want this candy to come back. And they actually have gotten a lot of signatures for it. So I started with myself, was just kind of untraditional, but I'm for it. Anyways, what do you think, Stephen? I'm a big candy fan and I support anything involving candy. I eat quite a bit of it. But... Having said that, candy has gone through many iterations, and maybe yeah. there's a reason they don't know. I don't know Zowers. I know Mike and Ike. But, um, you know, if you like the sour stuff, Sour Patch Kids are pretty good. I know it's not yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah. But, but I remember when, when red M&Ms were taken out because red dye number five caused, I don't know, something in the 70s. So there were no red M&Ms up until like the late 80s. and I remember being outraged, but there were options. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I support the candy, but, uh, yeah, I I can't, I can't get on board with this one. I wish I could. Okay. Yeah. I was always more of a a hot tamales fan, uh, when it came to the scene, the the cinnamon one, but you know, I suffered from this thing and I would, I'm sure it would be the same with this candy where you're (laughs) you're at the movies, you you get a big bag of hot tamales, you're psyched. The first couple are so good. Then it just turns. You have too many of them, and all of a sudden they taste completely disgusting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that would happen with these sours too. I think I, I I like I like sour patch kids. I like sour. I never eat it, but I like it. But I think it would turn pretty fast. And honestly, I don't know firsthand, but I think the difference between a sour and a sour Mike and Ike, like the combination of corn syrup and sugar, is probably close enough. Yeah, where I get you have the nostalgic memory of sours, but you put on a blindfold, it, it probably is just a sour flavored mic. It's probably close enough, I would imagine. Just eat a, eat a warhead, you know? This yeah. person yeah. strongly, I mean, she says that it really does not stack up. It's too, the replacement is too waxy, does not have the same consistency okay. or mouthfeel. 
Fair and, enough. I mean, she she would know better than me. I mean, because I've never had, yeah. you know, I've never. So so maybe she's right. I, I don't know. I mean, for for this company just born, I guarantee you, it's about the bottom line. If the if these okay. Zowers were selling, they'd be making them. Yeah. Well, it's so also simple interesting economics. That none of us of the three of us remember this candy, so right. that says no, something. Not a good you know? sign. Although, but I did play in another band in California called Mouthfeel. So wow, I get Love that. that. Love that. Interesting. Let's get into this last one. This final petition is called. Reboot the sauce. It's got eight signatures. Eight. And it says, Hi, I'm organizing this petition to ask to bring back the nightly talk show, The Sauce. It was a variety talk show hosted by Jared Cotter and Stephen Smith, which was based out of New York City. The show was known to interview different singers, movie and TV stars, and other public figures where they would have music performances. The show lasted from April 2nd, 2007 to May 22nd, 2008. It was an awesome show to watch every night, and I needed it to be on more years. So I asked to please have the show come back. Steven, what do you think about rebooting the sauce? You know, I'm all for anything that I was involved in. Um, and Jared, Jared was, was I, I worked with a lot of people. Jared, to this day, is my most favorite person to host a TV show with. And uh, Jared Cotter, uh, he's a manager out in LA now and a singer. But he was on, he was famous for being on American Idol. And when he was removed, he sang um, Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye and dedicated it to his parents, which I know he hates that I bring up all the time. <laughs> but Jared, that was, we had a lot of fun on that show. We, it was a very weird show that would have like Andrew Dice Clay one day and then like Paramore the next. Wow. Or Kelly Clarkson performing live. And then, like, uh, oh, just to date it, like the cast of Heroes. Remember Heroes on in the 80s with, um, uh, it was like, it was like the first big, like superhero esque show before like Iron Man and everything kicked off the Got model. it. Got it. Okay. It that kind of thing. We'd have those cats. Our Daniel Radcliffe came by a bunch. Wow. To the point where, where he would like recommend bands to me. That's how often he came by. Is that wow. the show where Madonna came on it? No, that was a special segment that we did where we got to talk to Madonna. Okay. Where she was nonplussed with any of the other interviewers, but Jonah and I were smart and talked about Eugene Hoots of Gogo Bordello, and she happened to love this guy. So she was so nice to us and let me ask all these kind of crazy questions. And Jonah, I don't think I knew that you met her. I wasn't there. But oh, maybe then, we worked on the questions. I don't remember. Oh, worked you on worked, the You were doing Well, then we snuck it onto the rock show. We were like, hey, guys, here's Madonna. Oh, <laughs> and we like it. threw it on the show because we actually we got to a point where we would just do what, do you what we want. But the sauce was a lot of fun. And I'll tell you what I loved about it was my wife worked on that show. Well, she's my girlfriend then. So now she's my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> but that show was done. I mean, Johnny could tell you he was there. It was like a skeleton crew. It was like seven or eight people. Wow. And with the crew, it was a live show every day, five days a week. Yeah. And I don't know how we pulled it off. And my wife, she was the talent booker and the programmer for the channel. So she would get all these, all these crazy bands to come on, like, like big names. And it was just, it was bonkers, super bonkers. Wow. But it was fun. I remember one day we had like Henry Rollins sitting there just talking about something. And then, I think it was, um, we had like the Harlem Globetrotters. Like, wow. Incredible. It was, it was like, uh, I don't know, just fun. So if they brought it back, you'd do it again? Oh yeah, wholeheartedly. Be yeah. fun. Bring my, bring my, I'd, make, I'd make my kids host it though, but only if Jonah writes it. Yeah. I'll write it. I'm available. Yeah. I would like to bring the show back. I love, uh, I love watching Steven host. Like I said, not to 
heap too much praise on Steven, but Steven has such a good sense of timing. And I noticed this when we did the podcast and it's like, if you say yeah, Steven talk for 12 seconds, like Steven knows how to talk for like, the very specific set of skills that might not carry over into a lot of places, but always impresses me. So I would love to see Steven on TV, love to see him out there cutting it up with, you know, Billie Eilish or... You know, Billie Eilish came by Fuse okay. and, and it was because they had, this was long after we had been gone, but they had Phineas on. Okay. Oh, wow. And that's why my wife brought Phineas on because he was the name and he was just bringing around his sister. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. I can't make any other references, but that's, yeah, that's who I think would be on the show now. Maybe <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, like, like Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. yeah Olivia Rodrigo. Rodrigo. That's right, a good one. Right. I mean, She's look, great. this yeah. is eight signatures. It looks like it's about to have 11. Yep. Vanessa, Ooh. you're signing this one too? You're, I'm signing this 100%. Okay. Yeah. I, I will sign I, it. I'll sign it. I, Steven, you are such a good host. You're such a great... We didn't even get into to when you were on Queer Eye. We're, we're, we'll get into that next time. Oh, man. Didn't you get a makeover? Weren't you made over on Queer Eye? Yes. Yes. That was the the uh, second highest rated episode. Really? Yes. It was a lot of fun. It was very goofy. There was like a cross-promotional thing with Fuse and they didn't tell me they were showing up and we had a oh table read God. and all of a sudden they they crashed in and I said something ridiculous like, ladies and gentlemen, the homosexuals have arrived. And it just turned into this whole goofy thing. Now, what cracked me up was the culture part. Like they came over yeah. and they'd throw my stuff and the culture guy, oh, it was Jay Rodriguez. So I had seen, yeah. I had seen him in Rent. In Rent, yeah. Yeah, he played uh, Angel. Yes. And uh, he came in and he just went like this. He went, I, I like your stuff. <laughs> your stuff your stuff seems fine. And I went, yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll play it up. And then Carson Cressley and I thought it'd be really funny to just like mess with each other and slam doors and be ridiculous. And there's like a video of you like slamming a door on Carson and wow. all these kind of things. But Literally goofy stuff. But you didn't want to cut your hair. That's right. Isn't that true? Yeah, it was stupid. <laughs> should have cut my I should have just gone for it, you know. Uh what do they call it? Hindsight is twenty thousand. No, that's yes. right. That's, that's what right. I say. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. So we're all <laughs> voting for the same petition here. Yeah. Bring back the sauce, right? Sauce it up. So I think okay, between these three, if we had to pick just one, between music use during study hall, bring back Zaur's candy. And bring back the sauce. What's everyone voting for? I think we're all in agreement. Music and study hall. Yeah. And the sauce. Oh, and the shoot. Sauce. Yes. That one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's the one I should have gone with. See, I never, I never think. Well, no, 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 no. You're, we, it's good. We've got, we feel strongly about two of these. That's not very common. No. Now, before we wrap up, do you guys want to hear me sing like just a snippet of the theme song to California Dreams? Yes. 100%. Absolutely. Don't wake me up, don't wake me up, cause I'm dreaming. California dreams, just let me lay here in the sun until my dreaming's done. <laughs> Wait, excuse me. Until my dreaming's done. Okay. That was amazing. Thank you, Vanessa. Steven, is there anything you'd like to promote or any kind of anything you're working on or? I would like to promote this amazing podcast called How Did This Get Weird, um, which is good. And I'd like to throw out uh, our Jonah, our old podcast, which is still running, which is great. Still with Benny Horowitz and Brad Goop doing Going Off Track. Uh, Benny yep. from Gaslight still on Deep tour. Man. 
And uh, oh yeah, oh and the Goops uh, just released a single, their first single in like 25, 30 years or something. Yes, I saw that. So, so check that out. Yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. And whatever Vanessa's working on, which I can't wait, because whenever I whenever Aww. I turn on the TV and I see you in something that I didn't realize you were in, which is so many things, I'm just ah, that's and, and I just point it out to the girls. They go, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's no, nice. she's amazing. And whatever Jonah's working on. Yeah. Too. What are you what you right? writing some articles and helping some people? Yeah, I got some writing. You can check me out. I'm doing some bios, check my stuff out, spin and, and some yeah. other sites. Uh, and okay. Most pretty, of the podcast pretty my, big is, magazine. It's like my that's like my big kind of public facing thing is this podcast. This podcast right. is so great. It was so hard to go through because I'm a listener. And I was the one episode that it didn't bum me out because it was just like, oh man, I would love to have talked about that because uh, Laura Jane Grace, G.I. Joe was my jam when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And I was like, oh my gosh, she nailed it. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to come back, fun. Stephen. That was so fun. Thank you so much for joining us and everyone for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yes. Thank you, Stephen. And don't wake me up if I'm dreaming. <laughs> Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.